readers. Welcome to 20 Questions with your favorite author. My name is Kelly Lynn Colby, and I am the editorial director at Cursed Dragon Ship Publishing. And tonight we have for our guest, our, in our inaugural performance, is Miss Jessica Rainey. Yay! If she's Yay. not your favorite author now, she will be after. Yeah, I will be. Don't worry. Definitely. So Jessica Rainey is the author of six books. She loves all things quirky and spooky, and her style could be best described as the intersection of dark comedy, horror, and the fantastical. Originally from Southern Ohio, Jessica now lives in Houston, Texas, and is active in the Houston Writers Guild and Write Space organizations. When not writing or navigating Houston traffic, she's enjoying the Gulf Coast with friends and her cat, dog, demon, baby, Gimli. Yay, Jessica! Hello! How are you doing on this fine evening? I'm great for a Tuesday. Right? It's not too bad. No, it's good. It doesn't even feel like a Tuesday. I'm not sure what it feels like, but it doesn't feel like a Tuesday. I mean, what are days anymore? I know, exactly. I I no longer can tell days except for maybe like Monday. I can tell Mondays. Um, and I can tell a Saturday because I usually get to sleep in a little bit. So that's good. That's true. That's about that's it. Oh, my daughter has her driver's license. I get to sleep in every day now. <laughs> <laughs> but probably not sleep well. <laughs> well, no. But... Of course, now that I can sleep in, my body decides to wake up at 5.30 every morning. I don't know what to say about that. Um, it's called adulthood. Like, I, that's just, like, uh, how it works. You know, I actually, you know, I've never been the person that slept in, slept in like that. I was always kind of, like, up and ready to go. Like, I got stuff to do, blah, 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 blah. But uh, I wish I was the person that got to sleep in. I am a napper, though. So it's an extra fact. You can put that down. I napper. can put that down. That's a question I should write down for future reference. Yeah, it's on the quiz. Well, we do have 20 questions for you tonight. And audience, I want you to know if you have questions, please type them in the chat. Um, and then we will make sure to get to yours as well. And we do want to ask 20 questions. We're going to do our best. Kelly, we I'm, have I'm, a really I'm, cool uh, Q&A feature where they, there should be a cool little button over the bottom right-hand corner of the video that says Q&A. And it should actually let them type their question in and... Uh, other people can vote for the questions, too. That's awesome. And for those of you who don't know that disembodied voice, that is our producer, Zafo. So he makes all the magic happen. So there's a little button. That's pretty cool. Where, where You're magic worth every is penny, Zafo. I'm going to double your pay. I don't see a button, Zafo. Of course, it's not going to work. I'll find it. When I made, wow. Okay. Yay! I take the background. It's like Tomb Raider. I like it. It's pretty cool, right? Yeah, I think it has some kind of name like that, too, like runes or something. So I was like, that works. We went through, and this is, you know, so we're on Twitch. Yay, Twitch. And it is very uh, interactive, which is why we use Twitch. We love that. And it's also Arcana. That's it. Thank you, two dorks. Um, so we are, um, so Arcana, and we're like, well, this will work because everything was all pixelated or, you know what I mean? I'm like, well, we're not playing Mario Brothers. I mean, not tonight. So we need to find something else. So awesome. Um, but if so, if you have a question for now, you can put it in the chat. Um, because our wonderful Zafo just said, well, butts into the uh, chat. So I'm assuming that means his button didn't quite work yet. But it is our inaugural, so it is what it is. But I'm going to get on to the questions. So all the listeners that are listening to this later are like, what's going on? Well, what's going on is you missed the fun. So if you want to come in and play with us, then come on Tuesdays at 8 p.m. Central Time. And you can come join in the chat, too. So, are you ready where, for the hard-hitting questions, Jess? Where can they yeah, find us on Yeah, I Twitch? hope these are, like, 
Barbara Walters style hard hitters. Like this is the Barbara Walters interview. So I'm good. I'm prepared. I'll wait to wait till you hear this. Because the first question is that question that everybody, everybody has to ask writers, especially speculative fiction writers like us. Are you ready? Go ahead. Where do you get your ideas? Well, uh, most of the time I hear voices and sometimes they tell me what to do. Uh, that's a lie. I don't really do that. Uh, <laughs> I, I didn't say that you have to answer questions. Honestly, it's that was speculative. I write a lot of speculative fiction. I mean, almost all speculative fiction. I can't imagine that I would write anything that was, uh, historically accurate or true other than in my speculative fiction world. But I think that a lot of ideas come from a question of what if, like, what if while I'm brushing my teeth, the toothpaste was cursed and now everybody believes every word that comes out of my mouth? You know, like it's a, it's just a question of what if. Like what would happen if, you know, Godzilla fought uh, my dog? That's not a very good story. But anyway, that's where a lot of ideas come from is just think, sitting around thinking about a question of what would happen if. Um, I love that toothpaste one. Yeah. That's it's a good, cool. It's a good idea for a short story. It is. That's a great idea. We do have an anthology coming up called Misspelled. That could be magic gone wrong right there. That's definitely magic gone wrong. Mm-hmm. That would be fun. Leaving everything that comes out of my mouth is a terrible idea. <laughs> I don't know. I think it could be fun, you know, for a while. I feel I'm... sorry for Jay, though. I don't know what you would do with your poor writing partner, though. <laughs> <laughs> She'd get the brunt of it, I think. Yeah, she would still not believe it, so... <laughs> Uh, I don't think she's the magic. Yeah, she wouldn't be fooled. <laughs> Let's see. Let's go to question number two. What project that's in progress or not started are you most excited about? Um. So I'm actually, you know, it's November, so it's National Novel Writing Month for people. And the goal is to write fifty thousand words. Like, uh, that should be a pretty close to a complete novel. I guess. I don't know. Um, but the project that I'm working on for Nano is a prequel to the book series I just finished. And I love the book series I just finished, but the characters in this one are older. Um, as in, I went back in time, like it's in 1955. Ooh. And I'm having a blast writing it. It's magical. I don't I never really thought I would write like witchcraft or magic or anything like that. I just like kind of writing monsters and weird short stories, um, a little bit of horror. And this is like a lot more witchcrafty. Like they're solving their problems with magic, which goes awry, of course, as it does. So I'm really having fun writing that. And the characters are really strong in my brain right now. And it's, it's a lot of fun. And um, it's a good project for Nano because you need your Nano project to be fun. You need to want to come to it every day um, and write your words and, if last year I had a terrible time with it, I couldn't do it because the project I was working on wasn't joyful. It didn't bring me joy. It was just like, okay, I need to get this done. When you, when you're doing that, that's not what you want to write. So be yeah. joyful about what you're writing and then the words will just flow. And that's why I'm super excited about the project. That is great advice. Great advice. I find if I can't get the words out, that means there's something wrong with the story. Yeah. So wrong with your own energy is also a very good point. Yeah. Okay. Question number three. What's your favorite flavor of ice cream? Coffee. 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 coffee or mocha? Coffee. Coffee. Um, and 
honestly, I prefer my own ice cream. I purchased an ice cream maker. That's one of my COVID purchases. And I make my own ice cream, and I really enjoy that. Uh, Also Haagen-Dazs, but I think mine's pretty good, too. That's pretty fascinating. I didn't know that. See, the things we learn. I've made a mint chocolate chip. I'm not a fan of mint chocolate chip, but the person I made it for seemed to enjoy it. So he was was thrilled with it. Um, He's eight. So... uh, (laughs) But it was pretty good for mint chocolate chip ice cream. It was pretty good. So I have a whole bunch of recipes I like to try out. Um, so, yeah, coffee. Coffee is my favorite ice cream. Coffee it is. We're going to write that down. We should, like, take a whole survey so we can see what all the best authors, what their favorite ice cream is. Um, uh, we have a question from Friday Blue, which I'm pretty sure is Jenny. Hello, Miss Friday Blue. Will you do more audiobooks? Uh, yes, I would love to do more audiobooks. So the trick to audiobooks is that they're uh, kind of expensive to deal with. Mm-hmm. And as an indie author, you know, you have to be kind of careful about that. Like money doesn't grow on trees. So I have to be pretty prescriptive about what I spend it on. But I, I actually loved the audiobook process. So I would love to do more audiobooks for sure. Excellent. Yes, you're not kidding. They're not free. There's a reason why my tomes of books are not audio yet. I feel yeah. you. I mean, you can record it yourself and just slap it on Audible. <laughs> but, I mean, you want to sell the books. So, right. you know, unless you're like a professional actress or actor and like you're really good at stuff like that, then fine. Um, but if you're not, you're just like, oh, I can just read my own book. That's totally fine. It won't be totally fine. Don't do it. No. I mean, it's not just that. It's also having the right equipment and the right, you need a sound studio yep. and you need that you need to edit it. And yeah, I they understand actually, why it's so expensive. They have quality standards. So if it doesn't meet the quality and it's a long review process, I think mine took a couple of months and that was during the height of COVID. So that might've had something to do with it, but it was, still took a long time for them to review the quality. And I mean, I had a professional actress do it. So yes. Yeah, our, yeah. Our, one of our second books in, in with the Cursed Dragonship Publishing took two and a half months, and they just now finally approved. Oh, yeah. So, it is what it is. So, question. Um, how do you choose your covers? We have some gorgeous covers. I think our tech guru, Zafo, will be able to put your covers up. And so, how do you choose those? So... I have a very specific aesthetic that I like. I like really clean things. I like um, the muted colors a little bit. I think for the the first few books I did, I did my own, which is a, I mean, it is what it is. I learned from it and I learned not to do my own. It's very much <laughs> like reading your books. I mean, and I'm a pretty good photographer, so I, it's not like mine were terrible. It's just when you have a professional to do it, you can tell the difference and the book cover sells the book. Now, I realize that mine don't look like horror novels, um, but they really capture what I was going for with the the people and the characters in the book. So I was drawn to this guy's style. Um, It's a clean style, and he was great to work with. Um, So anytime I had a suggestion, he was like, oh, of course, I'm on it, and he would fix it. Um, He also did the cover for my zombie book, which is called These Violent Delights. So it's kind of like... When you see one of my book covers, you kind of know that's one of my book covers. I don't know that, like, for the next series, I might do something a little bit different. But it'll always be this kind of clean style because that's what I prefer. I mean, I think that you have to absolutely be able to read everything on the book cover. 
And then it has to be a color and a design that really draws people in. And mine seem to do that. You know, I've displayed it cons and stuff and people pick pick them up um i think they just maybe don't think that they're horror that would be my one criticism of my own book covers is that that doesn't really read horror that's okay because it's a weird cross genre kind of book so i'm cool with it i love the way they look and i love the way they all look together so i'm cool with it i I like how your name kept getting bigger so i'm like oh look she's gaining confidence see it's because yeah because i'm more famous that's right. Favorite author, man. Favorite author. Yeah. That's awesome. I love it. Yeah, that doesn't say horror, but um, your story is like, I've heard you say before that it's more about the human condition anyways. And it does say human condition. Yep. Um, so. Yeah, they're not romance. They're they're weird genre books. You know, there are, I mean, I call them uh, Appalachian Supernatural Noir so they're very they 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 read noir to me. They read more mystery. They read suspense, I guess. Um, but when I look at them, I just see the story. I see the story as it was in my head, and the colors and everything just kind of like make it for me. So they it draws my eye in. They look professional because they are professional, and you know the guy just kind of gets what I when I send him the description. He's like, okay, I got it, and he knows to feed off of the last one, right? So he understands that. And that's that's what you want to look for in a designer is somebody who can listen to you and say, all right, I know what you what you want here. So that's true. I have another hard hitting question. Are you ready? Yeah. What's your favorite color? It's blue. Blue. Just blue. Nothing fancy. Just blue. No, it's like like Superman blue. Like the color of. Oh, there you go. It's like royal blue like that. Royal blue. blue. Yeah. The cover of Superman's um, whatever. Unitard. So it's Cape's red. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. Cool. Not red. Yeah, the blue. That's excellent. Good choice. So we all remember. Um, if you could spend a weekend with one of your characters, who would it be and where would you go? <laughs> uh, hey, these are hard-hitting questions. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I guess I would, I don't know if I would say... I wouldn't say, I'm not sure I'd say Del because Del is surly and I, she would might punch me or something over the weekend. I mean, she'd surely punch me over the weekend. For something. Um, the character that I had the most fun writing in this book and I think that I would love to sit down for a conversation with is Del's Aunt Jewel. She's like a 90-year-old witch who gives zero uh, craps about anything. And so <laughs> she's always... She was always good for a one-liner. When I when I wrote them, I would write her like a a nice one-liner, and I was like, "Oh my god, I can hear an old lady saying this." So (laughs) she's hilarious, and she cracks me up, and I think I would enjoy spending time with her. And actually, the project I'm working on now it's a younger version of her, like her at 25, and that's even more fun because she was wild and crazy, and that's a lot. That's a lot of fun to write. That's awesome. Um, it's fun to watch those characters evolve, right? So that gives even more to the reader. Well done. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's see. What is the weirdest or most fun fan interaction you've ever had? Weirdest? Uh, I mean, I have con stories, con stories upon con stories, but they may not be suitable. Um, I think... <laughs> So I'll say this about meeting people. 
I'm not super famous. You know, I'm not like Jackie Collins famous or anything Soon. like that. Soon. Um, hopefully. Maybe I need to write some smutty stuff. That would get me some Jackie Collins readers. See. I'm all about it if, it if it gets me money. I really don't care. Um, <laughs> but I think that... I had a great interaction. It was at Comic Palooza year before last. Um, so when you do panels, like you go do the literature panels and talk to people and answer questions, and then you come back down to your booth, and almost always we'll have a line of people queued up at the booth to buy books because uh, they talk to you upstairs in the con rooms, and then they came back downstairs to buy books. And this guy bought a book. Um, he bought Tooth and Nail, and. Uh, I didn't think too much of it. Like, I was like, okay, cool, signed it for him or whatever. And about two weeks later, I got an email that told me, hey, I, I wasn't expecting to like this book as much as I did, but I need to follow you everywhere so I know when you have more books out. What other books do you have? And it really was, like, shocking. Magic. Magic. Yeah, it was like, it was like what? what? <laughs> um, and then uh, I had a friend of mine... He told me that he gave a book to his daughter and his daughter read it. She was like 14 or 15, I think. And she is now like a super fan. She likes the books. And that's kind of weird. You know, I never, I don't really write for kids or anything. But I mean, if you're 14 or 15, a you're teenager reading, is good. Yeah, yeah. You're reading Stephen King. You can definitely <laughs> read these books. No so, doubt. but it was really cool to think that a kid out there would want to read a book and then maybe like write a book themselves. So I kind of like that. That was well, cool. That actually leads to my next question, which is probably why the teenagers like it, because your books have the typical urban fantasy tropes like, you know, vampires, werewolves, fairies, that kind of thing. But the way you portray them is anything but typical. So can you tell us like a little bit about one of those and why they're not typical? Um, you, just you know, I always I always try to imagine like the monster like in their pajamas. Like what do they just kind of how do they? how do they really exist in the real world? And you know, so many of these people, and I, I come from a small town. So I like to take the small town people that I know in my mind make fantastic characters in any book. And I'm like, mm, what if I made him a vampire? You know, what if I made Billy Bob from down at the Duke and Duchess station a vampire? What would happen? Uh, not all vampires need to be rich and famous and like, sparkle and be beautiful some of them i feel like are gross and they maybe work at a porn store so they're not all i mean they have to be right it has yeah. to be and so i like to imagine them as real people with real problems like they're not all like supernatural life does not solve all your problems if it does then i think that's really boring i i kind of have like a book of vampires in mind where they sort of have that going on with them but then not like I don't know. That one's kind of like fleshed out in my brain. Um, but again, I just like to make them into a real person. Like what if, you know, in, in rack and ruin, you know, there's, you got werewolves and the werewolves are drug dealers and thugs and basically kind of like sons of anarchy running around. Um, you have vampires and they're gross and not rich and not cool. I mean, my vampires become a vampire. They don't magically become like, good at stuff and attractive they stay pretty much how they were only they're vampires like now they have to drink blood so it's well, not, that's not uh, fair. that's not part of the deal they get some powers and stuff and they get to live until somebody decides they don't so you know there's there's benefits but i just i feel like supernatural things like it shouldn't just be a oh your life got magically better mm -hmm. 
it just your life is your life and whether you're a vampire or whether you're me um it is what it is like so I, I like to make them real people and then I like to make them funny I mean and for the most part I like to make them kind of funny you know I have uh in Rack and Ruin there's some goblins and they're like this clan of hillbilly um kidnappers basically like they're just a clan of weirdos up in the mountains and they do what they do and live their life and it's it reads funny like it's a comedy but they have a real life and they have you know they're not too bright they know their kidnapping business but it's <laughs> it's fun to watch that happen it's fun to see them interact with other people and things and the world so and by the way everyone Jess this is own voices she comes from those people so she she does not use this name in vain. She knows exactly what she's talking about. Oh yeah, uh, I'm from Southern Ohio. I'm from the hills of Appalachia, and I know exactly what I'm talking about. And I love it. You know, I'm not trying to be disrespectful. You can yep. be disrespectful. That's what but... I wanted people to understand. You're not being disrespectful. You mean that as in people I know. <laughs> uh, I mean as in myself. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> My grandma used to say, like, she's like, oh, we're McCoys. I'm like, uh, I don't know about that. She's like, we're not no Hatfields. We're McCoys. I'm like, uh, whatever you say. So, uh, that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I've had apple pie moonshine straight out of a recycled bottle passed around. Ooh. I'm not stranger to any of that stuff. I love me cool. some apple pie moonshine. Yeah, it was really make good. Make that in the ice cream maker. We can totally make this work. Uh, make it on my stovetop. Even better. Yeah. Um, let's see. What is or where is your favorite place to write? Um, oh, that's a tough one. I gotcha. Yeah, I mean, I write wherever I can write. You know, I write at lunch sometimes at my job that pays the rent. Um, I write here at home. I don't prefer to write at home because the animals bother me, but... I like to go out places. Like me too. My animals, my children. I feel you. Yeah. I mean, they get in my face and they're always wanting something. Um, I do like going to, um, we used to go to Denny's every Thursday night. I really liked going to Denny's and writing. It was a lot of fun. And I got a lot of really great stories done there. So it's always a happy, happy memory for me about writing at Denny's. So a Denny's. I don't know if I have any sober stories about Denny's. Hmm. Let's see. Um, um, yeah. Yeah, that's a whole nother thing for me. Well, let's see. What is, I asked you that one. What is your least favorite chore around the house? It's laundry, 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 laundry. I despise folding clothes. Like if, if clothes would just magically go from like dirty to hanging up and or folded, I'd be super happy about it. Um, and it's not even a difficult task or a gross task or anything like that. But I would rather scrub the toilet and clean cat litter than do laundry. I'm really vehement about it. I'm like pointing. I'm so like, I'm you. really into it. I hate laundry. <laughs> That's right. She's like, I am pointing. <laughs> I'm pointing about the laundry. Poor laundry. Uh, if you could write in any world that wasn't your own, which world would that be? Um... Hmm. Well, I have written in the Buffyverse way, way back in the day. So I can't, 
very few things I think I would say were more influential on me as a person and a writer and a reader than Buffy the Vampire Slayer. So that's a blast, fun world to write in. Um, way back in the day, that's where I kind of cut my teeth, like developing standalone characters and things on my own. And I think you just kind of eventually gravitate towards your own stuff um, and create your own world and your own spin on things. Like you can write vampires, but they can be totally different. That You don't have to follow rules. As long as you follow your own rules for vampires, it really doesn't matter. So I would, you know, I'd bring back the Buffyverse. Um, if somebody wanted to hire me to write for um, like a True Blood spinoff, that would be super cool. Uh, or I would like to write episodes for Winona Earp. I'm a big fan of Winona Earp, so I'd be cool writing in that world. I would just want to get paid for it. That's all. Yes. So yes. if I could, I'd prefer to be paid. But we are at that point in our careers, right? Yes. It's about pay now. Yes, I do. I do like money. Yes. It's, it's, I'm a fan myself. I didn't even put that question in. Do you see? I mean, that's just a given. Yeah. You can just mark down that I'm a fan of money, but of not money. like too much of a fan. It's not like I'm like dangerously a fan of money. I just need it. Right. To survive and to pay someone to do your laundry. Right. For goods and or services. That's right. <laughs> and what do you prefer to write? Your antagonist or your protagonist? Um... <laughs> Probably, I mean, so almost always my antagonist, or my protagonist, not the antagonist. Um, I wouldn't say that I go for, I don't necessarily let the antagonist drive the story. The protagonist is making all my choices. They're driving the story. The conflict is moving the story. Um, In Rack and Ruin, I actually had to go back and rewrite a big portion. I changed the gender of the uh, antagonist. And I would say that the antagonist is more the situation that my characters are in rather than a specific person. I mean, there's always like a big bad or whatever they're trying to fight toward the end, but that drives it less for me than the choices that like Del makes along the way in my books. She has to make a lot of different choices and they're not always good choices. She's not a good decision maker sometimes. And so I feel like that's more what I really like doing is I like torturing her and making her, I like to put her in between a rock and a hard place and the hard place doesn't necessarily have to be like, you know, a villain for me. It can just be, this is a terrible choice. I got to make a bad situation worse, but I'm going to have to do it. And so that's, that's more fun to me than writing a villain. Um, but I do like writing villains. So I don't know. I mean, but probably going to be the, the protagonist. Protagonist more works for me. Uh, where, where, what is your idea of a vacation? Um, well, I really enjoy carnival cruise ships. Really? Um, I do love a good carnival cruise. It's value priced. Sure, you're going to get diseased right now if you try to go on one. You can't really go on one. (laughs) Um, but yeah, you could have gotten disease at any point in time. I, um, the very first one I went on, I was not that big of a fan. I'm like, this is gross. I don't know about this, but I was in a bad mental space. So I think it was not where I needed to be. The second one I went on, I really needed the break and I needed the disconnect. So the cruise ship was a great way to do that. However, I mean, that's not going to be like, you know, for a real answer. Um, My real answer is just traveling anywhere new. Um, I I love New Orleans, like going to New Orleans for three or four days and eating well and drinking well and 
soaking up the ambiance and the history. And that's where you kind of recharge your batteries. For me, like New Orleans is my happy place. So two or three days over there and I feel right with the world again. So that's a good place for a vacation. And then um, I never cared for the beach that much. I mean, it's like sand everywhere and it's gross and there's sharks. So I'm scared of that. But um, just seeing things like seeing things I never thought I would see before, you know, I I went on the cruise or whatever and I got off the boat and went to some Mayan ruins where you could still climb on top of them. They don't let you do that anymore. So it's a place called Ushmal and standing on top of those ruins, knowing how old that was and, you know, that was crazy cool. And uh, I went to the UK and stood in a, a church that was built in like a thousand, you know, like 1100 or whatever. And I, like to contemplate things that are old and have been standing around that long and how many people came through here and what their lives were like, that was amazing to me. And it was beautiful. And there was even like a, like a kid choir singing when I was there, when I did the tour, I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. Right. Like, like there's like little kids singing and creepy little kids singing in Latin. And there's like a headless corpse buried in this church. I'm in heaven. So it was great. Any kind of travel is good for your soul. It's a shame that it's I'm unable to do it right now. I completely agree. It's not good times right now. We actually have a trip planned for New Orleans. So we don't know if we're going to be able to take it. So, yes, this is the world we're living in now. Um, but, yeah, that's that's funny. You know, you, have you seen that meme where they talk about the um, why does the why does uh, all the magic and Satan? Why do they use Latin? It's like he's been around for all of time and he sees Latin. He's like, oh, yeah, that's when I write it. But when you're talking about the kids singing Latin in the church, I'm like, no, that's because that's where those stories come from. And that's why it's all Latin, right? It's just it's right out of that religion. So you have this scary stuff about that. And that's why everything's in Latin. Yeah, I mean, uh, it sounds really cool. Mm -hmm. Like If you're going to be evil and bad, like pick a language that sounds really cool. And that's dead, but we still have books about it. So we can (laughs) write it. Sounds cool when you say it. Yep, totally works. Um, let's see. You're, you are a new cat mom, aren't you? I, yes, I have a a kitten. He, he came to live with me in May. So how's the interspecies household going? Well, my dog doesn't understand that he's a dog, so he doesn't really care about that. And he was raised with cats, so he gets along much better with cats than he gets along with dogs. He doesn't understand dogs and he hates them because they he feels like he's very angry about it cats he's like oh they sing the song of my people this is fine so <laughs> he's like screw that dog it's happy what's up with that yeah he's fine and uh in fact i was playing video games last night online and <laughs> he came out from under the covers to wrestle with his cat brother so he came and he was like trying to find the cat because he wanted to mess around with the cat so he loves the cat they all get along so it's all working it's all working oh yeah ours it depends on how close to dinner time it is oh yeah i mean he'll get mad and like lose his temper at them but i mean they're cats they're like "Mm, whatever they don't care let's see we might have already talked about this a little bit but what tv shows do you enjoy What's, what's your guilty pleasure right now? Or it could just um, be a pleasure. You don't have to feel guilty about it. So I never, ever feel guilty about reading or watching or listening to anything. Uh, right now, so I'm super excited because The Crown Season 4 is back, right? The Crown on Netflix. Gillian which is, Anderson. Uh, yeah, 
It's amazing. I uh, binge watched all three seasons last Christmas break. So I was waiting on this. Um, and Jillian Anderson is like just icing on the cake for me. Cause I mean, I'm a Scully fan from way back. Oh, me too. Um, so that's icing on the cake. I love, I love that. I'm watching the Mandalorian. The Mandalorian is rocking this season. It's so freaking good. And as somebody who's played star Wars video games and stuff, like, Seeing a crate dragon, spoiler alert in case you haven't watched it, it's amazing. I mean, like, that was fantastic. I think that that show's really hit its stride. Um, I like Winona Earp a lot. I'm not caught up on that one. Um, but I'll get distracted with movies every once in a while and then books and stuff and writing or whatever. <laughs> humble, humble. Hey, did you, um, have you seen Sex Education? I have not. That's with Gillian Anderson, too. Holy moly, she's incredible in that. I highly recommend it. It's definitely very teen angsty, but she's incredible. I do highly enjoy teen it. angst. I was a big fan of One Tree Hill and Dawson's Creek back in the day, so I do enjoy some teen angst. I'll have to check it out. So this is like the rated R version of that. Ooh. It's the one my daughter's oh. like, oh, you have to watch this. I was like, oh, you want to watch it together? She says no, and you'll see why when you watch it. <laughs> Yes, I know. I sort of know about it. I mean, it is called sex education, so I did have a clue. But yeah, like I love Jillian Anderson, so I'll watch her do anything. It's really well done, though. I love all the characters in it. It's, I, I like that one a lot. Sometimes you watch something, you're like, why didn't I write that? That's one of those. Yep, that's how I feel about uh, The Haunting of Bly Manor. Like, you need a whole other podcast for me to go into how much I loved Bly Manor. I finished that in like 48 hours, binged the whole thing. So but love we it. need to talk because I couldn't get into it, so I don't know what I missed. So slow burn gothic, but super gothic and super amazing. And the end is like, I sobbed for hours and hours. So, See, I was like, I wanted to skip ahead and just know the answer. So you answered me. It's because it's the slow burn <laughs> and my ADHD was not putting up with it, man. It's absolutely gothic horror at its finest. Yeah. Yes. Awesome. Um, let's see. We asked that one. What do you hope readers get from your work? Um, I hope they have fun. I hope they have fun when they read it and they love the characters. Um, and as much as I always have professed, I'm like, Oh, I don't really go for an underlying meaning. That's not how I write. That's not true. You know, you might start out that way as a writer, just writing the story or whatever, but when you progress, you get better and better and you realize that you're trying to say something. So, you know, the tooth and nail, hard truth, rock and ruin are all about choices and they're dark choices. Um, and does the end justify the means? So I kind of like ask the bigger questions there. But for the most part, I just want you to have fun when you read them and remember the characters and remember the, the fun, crazy stuff they did. That's so have good. fun. Like have fun. Be entertained. I like it. Escape. Yeah. And what is the best thing you've ever, or at least recently, eaten? Um, the, my favorite food of all time. And when I go to a sushi bar, I order like three pieces of it. I don't even care how expensive it is. Is uni. So that's sea urchin. Um, I order that. I eat whatever else I have to eat. And I save the sea urchin for last. And then I put that in my mouth and I don't rinse my mouth out until I brush my teeth at night because I love that taste of the sea, salty sea butter is what it tastes like to me. Mm -hmm. um, I have a friend who's from Newfoundland and he told me that 
the fishermen in Newfoundland hate sea urchins because they come up in your lobster traps and they call them whore's eggs. Uh, <laughs> so I am in love with that. And so I'm like, could I, could you just go, can I just go to Newfoundland and get like a bunch of whore's eggs and eat them? He's like, you can have all of them you want. They hate them. I'm like, oh. <laughs> So you probably get them pretty darn cheap, right? You just wait for the ships to come in. <laughs> I guess. They'll chuck them at you, I guess. <laughs> Whatever it takes, man. Um, let's see. So I would like to ask... I had one more. It went away. Can you tell us my inaugural? Because I asked them out of order, even though I had them in a nice, fancy order. So I don't know what I was thinking. Oh, here you go. Nice, easy one. Who's your favorite superhero? Uh, it's Wonder Woman. <laughs> That's not even a question. It's Wonder <laughs> Woman. Like, that was easy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's in my house here, there's a gigantic Wonder Woman painting in the middle of it. There's like five or six Wonder Woman posters. I have like a replica of Gal Gadot uh, Wonder Woman over here. I built my own Wonder Woman bracers for the premiere of the movie and a small set for my niece. And I flew to Charlotte, North Carolina to take her to see the movie. Um, wow. I've been freaking out since they keep moving Wonder Woman 84 around. <laughs> And I'm like, oh my god, is it actually coming out at Christmas time? Because I don't, I don't have any plans for Christmas, and all I was gonna do was go to the theater. And I don't even care if I catch COVID, as long as I get to see Wonder Woman. That's not true. In I do the care if I catch uh-huh. COVID. Well, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's Wonder Woman. I have been a Wonder Woman freakazoid since 1975 when I was born, and Linda Carter is the shiznit. Um, so I love Linda Carter. I love Wonder Woman. I've spent a crazy amount of time twirling in a circle, hoping that I'll end up being Wonder Woman when I stop, but I just get dizzy. Uh-huh. So, um, <laughs> in case you hadn't noticed, the correct answer is Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman. Got it. So that's, that's your favorite. Are you sure? <laughs> um, I, I'm hundred and if there's anything in my life that I am sure of, it is that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you, you went over Ace. Ace, uh. She says that uh, you're her new favorite, favorite author. Oh, is that because I'm the only one right now? No, it's because oh, okay. Wonder Woman. <laughs> oh, cool. She's like, no, yeah. no, no. I, I may, like, I may or may not, like, if people diss Wonder Woman or that movie, like, I jump on them as if they insulted my family. I'm like, have you never seen blah, 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 blah. Like, I get mad about it. Um, when I went to see uh, Batman v Superman, I mean, I, you're like sitting there through that whole movie, like, Ugh. and then when Wonder Woman showed up, I literally stood up and started clapping and cheering, and so did the rest of the theater. They're like, yeah. Oh, yeah, so that's it. That was yeah. the only thing worth watching. I agree with you. So yes, and Jenny says uh, her too. She also loves Wonder Woman. She said she had to get a Wonder Woman backpack and mask for Sophia. So we're a Wonder Woman audience. It's the right crowd. Yeah, it's a ripe time for Wonder Woman right now. Um, I'm super excited to see how they handle the movie, the new movie coming out. I actually was on, I think it was a Comic Palooza a couple of years ago. I sat down with these guys doing some kind of a YouTube channel thing, and they asked me to take the opposite opinion. Like, why? Tell me why Wonder Woman's going to be terrible. And I was like, girl. Because I was wearing a Wonder Woman t shirt. And so they were just trying to mess me up. And I'm like, okay, I'll tell you why. Chris Pine. That's why it's <laughs> terrible. I went on like a 10 minute rant about Chris Pine and I didn't even know I had it in me. I'm like, that was pretty good. <laughs> yeah. You're like, I've been holding it in, but I feel it. I feel all oh, of it. Yeah. I, I don't know that I was exactly holding it in, but once I got on the roll about it, then I wouldn't shut up about it. So I was like, oh. that's awesome. <laughs> There's um, a story. Hey, you're not going to believe this. 
We've done 19 questions. We have one left. You ready for the last one? Ooh, yeah. What are you promoting right now? Um, I am promoting my latest book. It's in my Tooth and Nail series. It's Appalachian Supernatural Noir. And it's called Rack and Ruins. So it's the third book in the series. Um, it's the story, the end story of a werewolf drug dealer in Somewheresville, Appalachia. Probably Southern Ohio, where I'm from. That's where I drew a lot of inspiration from for the locations and such. Um, but it's about her end of her reign. So the first book in the series, Tooth and Nail, is how she goes from I'm getting out of this town to uh, drug kingpin of the world. Um, the second book in the series is a uh, it's actually from the point of view of a different character in the world, but. Delilah Monroe, the main character, is a character in it, and she's it's still her story. Um, it's still about her and her power and how she runs things. And then this this book is about how you how you end up. So you make all your choices and do you, can you can you unmake choices? You can't unmake choices. So how do we end up? Where do we how what's the end of her story? And is it the end of her story? I don't know. I mean, I know because I wrote it, but. <laughs> you don't know if it's the end, though. I don't know if it's the end. It depends on what she wants. So. That's right. That's right. And because it's supernatural stuff, I can do whatever I want. You it's can like Buffy, people. right? You know, if we don't want them to die, they're not dead. Kill them. Bring them back. Do whatever. As long as you set the rules up, you can do whatever you want. Mm -hmm. We just have to believe the excuse. And when it's a character we love, we'll believe any excuse. That, yeah, but that's actually more reason to kill them. It's kind of fun. <laughs> I didn't ask you any about the sadistic questions. I'll have to add those for next time. Yeah. Kelly, uh, I, think, I think we have a bonus question in the chat. I did. I was going to get that one. Um, the uh, Jenny was asking if the Buffy story was ever published. Uh, no, it was not. So it was just farting around in the Buffy world, really. Um, I was it's pretty, pretty hard to get published with anything under Joss. Yeah, no, no, no. This was the experimentation of a fledgling writer just learning how to cut your teeth on writing anything. So yeah, I wrote it Star was Trek like, fiction. I feel you. And that yeah, was before there yeah. was the internet, right? It was myself in a notebook at home. It was bordering. Uh, I'm not going to say bordering. It was fan fiction. Um, I mean, but it was like, I don't know. People are too young now. They don't understand the AIM and like the live journals and how things were back on the internet in the early days when you had dial up, you know. AOL that's where I was at at that point in time and you know I was writing in they call them like games or whatever I would say they're role-playing games except no they're role-playing games but you would pick a character and like actually they, Zafo they, probably knows what they were called yeah they were role-playing games and they give you you know okay we're gonna do a story about um this demon ascension or whatever like a season like a season of Buffy it was like that like you're writing in a season of Buffy and you had to write a character maybe you were in charge of writing Faith or maybe you were in charge of writing Buffy or maybe you were in charge of writing an original character I always wrote original characters um and sometimes the Buffy characters I was pretty decent at Willow for a while but that was never my thing like writing somebody else's character got boring really really quick and I think like, I'm not trying to diss fan fiction writers. If that's your thing to write, you just write whatever you want. Whatever makes you happy, whatever story you want to tell. But I do think that eventually you sort of, like, graduate and you say, all right, I have different ideas and I want to go off in a different direction. If you love Buffy the Vampire Slayer, 
I guarantee you, you will love my books. Are they Buffy the Vampire Slayer books? No. But I guarantee you will love my books if you love Buffy. So. Same kind of feel. I like that. That's great. It's awesome. Well, you were wonderful, Jessica. Did you have fun? I had a blast. Oh, I, I know. Is that another question? I don't know if I'm allowed to ask that now. Go ahead. I'll answer whatever. As long as it's not math, I'll answer. <laughs> yes, I was doing math today for the company. Lots of fun. Love math. When can I hire someone to do this for me? So, I don't math. No. No. Wait, aren't you a chemist? I am a degreed chemist, and I do not love math. That is true. <laughs> that might be the most interesting thing I've heard all night. <laughs> I like to um, mix chemicals up and make crap happen. That's what I enjoy doing. The math is inconsequential to me. Um, no, actually, I don't mind, like, weird math and, like, cool math. I just don't dig on, like, addition of subtraction and stuff. Like, that's... I, I have, like, a hang-up about it. That's a whole other story in a therapy session, so... Uh, we'll save that for next time. I'm taking notes. Absolutely. So, awesome. I so, I want to say thank you to Jessica Rainey for coming with us today. Um, this will... If you love Jessica, please make sure to get her books. And where can people find you, Jessica? You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, also, my website is www.jessicarainey.com. Net. And you can read up on me. You can uh, you can actually, I did an interview with Charlene Harris. You can view that over there. And you can order books over there if you like to order books. You can get them on Amazon too if you don't, you know, you don't want them signed or whatever. But if you order them from my site, I'll <laughs> sign them for you and ship them to you. So there you go. And there's rumors of bookmarks involved. Yeah. Yep. Until the bookmarks are gone, there's like a limited edition numbered signed bookmarks that if you order my new book rack and ruin you'll get one until they run out excellent excellent so we are also we will put all of that stuff on and i will tell you now that she is your new favorite author please make sure to review everything you read if you just want to show your author love make sure to review them and if you love us you can also review this podcast and so we would love for you to do that as well so we can get everything out and jessica you are awesome let's give Thanks. jessica a hand yay Yay, me. I'm so great. Yeah. <laughs>